0: Making the right financial decisions takes time, skill, and effort. The Savvy Brokers Club podcast delivers strategies from today's thought leaders that help you build and maintain your financial freedom.
1: How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Savvy Brokers Club podcast. Today, I'm joined by the VP of Mortgage Lending at Guaranteed Rate, Andrea Lopez Bartosevich. <laughs> Did I say that right?
0: Close, close. Close enough? Close enough, yeah.
1: How do you say it correctly?
0: Bartoshevich.
1: Okay. So but there you go.
0: My husband will say I still say it wrong. But that's, <laughs> but that's as close as I can get. Well,
1: know? there you go. Well, thank yeah. you for joining us. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me, Tony. Oh,
1: what a pleasure. So now, originally from Vegas, but also Houston and, and Chicago, right? So yes. kind of all over. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about just growing up, how that all came to be.
0: Uh, well, my dad was in the military. So hence uh, Vegas. And then we kind of moved around a lot. Um, my parents are both, you know, my dad was originally from Chicago, so this was like home base for us. But we did move back and forth between here um, and outside Houston in Katy, Texas, and back and forth a couple times. So, But I, th- I feel like now I think I've been in Chicago longer than anywhere else, or yeah. Chicagoland area, so this is, this is home for me. Because
1: you did split time between mm-hmm. Houston and Chicago growing up, right? Yes. From about the age of nine yes and what a difference in growing up too right
0: oh completely different i feel like growing up here in chicago especially where we live was so diverse and going there it was like night and day you know um just from you know racist experiences very early in life and you know over there I felt like when I was in Chicago, you could be purple with polka dots and it didn't matter. People might mm-hmm. look at you, but it was just like, okay, this is my new friend Bob, you know. Sure. And over there, it was like anybody who was not white, you just, you know, all eyes on you. Um, so it was pretty bad. It was not my favorite place to live well, <laughs> when I, I was imagine. little, um, you know. But I was really happy when we came back here to Chicago. Um, that was like. In the late 80s, like 88, 89, we came back up here and then lived in uh, Burbs outside of O'Hare.
1: Okay.
0: So, yeah, that was a shift. And how
1: do you think that, um, you know, really shaped you? Because one of the things that you talked about was also wanting to be a doctor, mm-hmm. right, from mm-hmm. from a young age. And you were told, you know, no, that's not what mm-hmm. little girls do, right? You shouldn't aspire to be that. You should be a nurse. Yes. You know, and then also the racism. and, mm-hmm. and you know, Tell me about just how... That has now shaped you to be this person um, who, who I, wants to take care of others, right?
0: Yeah, I feel like you know, looking out for others and even for the underdog, the underserved, um, and just being in their corner. Because I know what it's like. I know mm. what it's like to be on the other end. And and but for me, my personality was always very tough. I was raised. I was only child, but I was raised to be very independent, and um, I was very in school, and I just felt like, well, I can fight with my mind. I can fight by being strong and persevering and not letting all the negativity get you down. And so even when I got into this business was just kind of really serving people and educating them about the process A to Z and helping them, because I just felt that if I focus on service, you know, focus on helping people, then everything else is going to fall into place because... My heart's in the right place. And there's lots of people that have been in this business for years like me. But, you know, focuses is always different. Some is like people are just focused on making money um, or building their empire, you know, with real estate. And for me, it was always just about serving people and helping them the best that I could.
1: Where do you think that comes from? Since one of the things you had mentioned uh, before we jumped on was that, you know, when you experienced those things as a kid, you didn't run and tell your parents about it. I didn't. <laughs> so it's not like you're getting coached or counsel on how to handle these situations, right? You know, that, that That's something that you had to process yourself.
0: I did. I guess I formulated those ideas pretty early. Yeah. Because I, it was just me and my parents. I was the only child. And my parents had me pretty young. So I think there's like a 19 and a half age to 20 year age difference in, in growing up. And so I feel like at some point we grew up together.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I never wanted to disappoint them. And um, and I was really smart, so you know I was really advanced for my age, and I was a very avid reader, and I just I had a very, I guess my own perceptions about things and how things should be, from really early. Nobody taught me that. I really didn't have um, a strong support system to lean on as far as you know running to to tell them about that stuff, and you know, even when I dealt with racist teachers in, in Texas, I just, I didn't understand everything that was being said to me or any, you know, like the negative words that were said. I just knew they were bad. Mm-hmm. And I knew how it made me feel. And I, I ch- made a choice not to feel that way. I was you like, also well, stuck off yourself. I did. Yeah. I did. So um, I guess that, that's always just been in me. That's innate. And nobody taught me that. You know, to be brave, it just happened.
1: And now you have two <laughs> two boys, right? I have two boys, yeah, yeah. seven and eight. So and, how does that um, translate now into the way that you parent them and kind of use those experiences in your parenting?
0: I give them a lot of choices.
1: That's what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I give them
0: choices. I'm like, you know, from the simplest things, what you want to wear, what you want to eat. Where you want to go, um, everything. Just I ask them, and I, and I'll help inform them if there's additional information needed. And it's so funny because their generation, they're like, we have Google Assistant in the house. They're like, hey Google, what's you know? <laughs> They'll just ask Google right. to get more info, and I like that they use those resources because I'm like, that's the best thing you can do is educate yourself about all your options <laughs> and then make your choice. Right, right you're making right. an educated decision, and. I want them to do that because as they get older, like I want them to be able to just make decisions on the spot, you know, and be their own little leaders in whatever industry to decide to go into. Um, And that's kind of my parenting style, its just (laughs) giving them choices and I kind of lead by example. I'm not really the authoritative type to say, oh no, we have to do it this way. Because I feel like there's so many ways to do one thing. And, you know, we, the more that we restrict ourselves, and even in this business, I feel like there's so many avenues to have success in real estate, and it's just finding the one that works for you or what what you're happy with, what resonates.
1: Well, it seems like for you it's helping the underdog too, right? Yeah, yeah in it's many helping ways. the
0: underdog and helping them. And even, you know, I get excited too. I think it's the um, just knowing that I'm helping them and then watching them grow, right? So let's say I have a client that I meet them and it's like I might work with them for six months to help them get their credit ready and to make sure they have enough savings and, and get all those ducks in a row. And then it's like they finally find the house and they get their house and it's closing day and they're there. And then they'll call me up weeks later, It's like we already settled in. You know, we got the barbecue, come over, we're gonna have some carne asada. <laughs> you know, you're welcome, we're to bring the family. And then just seeing that story, right? like. I feel so grateful to be able to be part of that. and for me, that's the reason I keep going, because this industry has gone up and down in the last 16, 17 years I've been in it. you know, everything's in cycles. But that is worth it. That's worth the low points. You know, um, I have a family that were living in a basement apartment that would flood every time it rained. Oh jeez. And they literally had mold on their walls. Oh. And they had two little kids to top it off. And the landlord was horrible, didn't do anything about it. I was like, we gotta get you guys out of this and into a house. Yeah. Like, And they ended up purchasing an Aurora, but it was so exciting because you know they got their house and right after the closing, there was like a really bad rainstorm. And I was like, oh my gosh, see, now they're in their house, they don't have to worry about having all this water come in, they don't have to worry about the mold and that affecting their health of them and their kids, and like now they're in a good place. And they called me. After the rainstorm, they're like, We're so grateful that we're not in that apartment anymore. You know, and we, and we, they were so, I guess, traumatized by the experience that when they were in the house, they were worried that the water was going to leak in somewhere, yeah. but they had no flooding or anything. And they were so grateful. And um, I was like, Oh, this is, this is wonderful. So those are the things that keep me going, you know, um, because. Daily on this job, you know, there's different stresses. You know, I think loan officers have one of the most stress top 10 most stressful jobs. (laughs) So there's lots of memes where they'll show like, oh, I'm only 27 or like 90 years old in the picture.
1: (laughs) Well, you look great. I mean, for being 16, 17 years, I mean, I wouldn't believe it just looking at you. But So tell me about how you even... Got Into the industry going from oh my gosh, you did pursue uh, a medical career, career. I did,
0: I did. Um, yeah, I was going to be Dr. Andrea, uh, and came into this by accident, like it was just not planned. Um, it was meant to be temporary, and um, yeah, I was going to school and then I had started and stopped just financially because I was paying and with student loans didn't cover everything, so sure. it was a longer struggle for me and then i was on a waiting list for a program at rush hospital and i was waiting so i was just kind of working just like a a regular job you know to make some money and while i was on that wait list and then um, i had a friend that called me and he's like hey you know my buddy has a mortgage company and they're looking for someone who speaks spanish would you be interested and i was like i have the faintest idea about banking or finance like all my classes on my whole college history every job i had was all medical based you know like even in college i worked as a vet assistant like I just everything was um medical based and i was like i i have no experience in that like you know i don't think they would even hire me they're like no 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 they'll train you like a hundred percent and i'm like really they're they're like yeah yeah go in and meet the guy so i went in and i met the guy And we talked. He's like, no, you know, you you catch on to this really fast. And he talked and he's like, here, read this and study this and we'll get you ready because you have to do like a state licensing test. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm fine with tests. You know, I'm used to taking tests all the time for school, like no biggie. Um, So I studied everything and then they showed me, you know, how to calculate debt to income ratios, (laughs) like how to review tax returns and all these different things. And then they helped me prep and study for the test. So I took the test passed it the first time, I was like, yeah, this is great, you know? And um, I had only planned to be there temporary. I thought it would be some great extra money while I was going to school to help me pay for school. Yeah, for sure. Because they were showing me, you know, because it's 100% commission-based, so it's like, well, they were showing me how much you actually make. And I was like, wow, this will help me pay for class. Like, that's what I was thinking the whole time. And that's not what happened (laughs) at all. Uh, I got into it, and I got hooked. And then I was like, "Well, wow, I really enjoy helping people in this way. And, um, you know, my, my mom was not so happy about it at first because <laughs> she wanted me to be Dr. Andrea. Uh, but I really enjoyed what I was doing. And I really felt that it was making a difference for people. Because when I got into this, I was just working with Spanish-speaking clients. And I was like, they are so underserved. Um, and I was like, this is mi gente. Um, so it's like, okay, I'm going to help them and help teach them what to do. And then it was exciting. It's like, oh, we're, we want to we want to buy another house. Like, can we buy a three-unit building? And it's like, yeah, okay, well, this is what you got to do. And then they'd call me up. They're like, okay, we got everything ready. And then they would buy another place. And it's like, okay, you know, we're going to have family living there, but we thought, you know, maybe we can rent it out later and make money. And I was like, well, yeah, you can do that too. So it wasn't just about helping get their dream of buying their first house, but it's like, okay, let's get another house and just think bigger. Because I feel like, even for my own my own parents, like my parents had their houses when I was little and then they had lost their house like in the probably like 80s. And then they kind of had this mentality that they wouldn't be able to buy a house again after that. Mm. And, and they were renters for like, I don't know, 15 years or something, like forever at like the same place. And we had a really nice apartment, but they were like serial renters. and Because they just didn't know that they could have something else. They thought that was it.
1: Isn't that interesting how that yeah. mindset just keeps you somewhere?
0: Yeah. And it was like they were so limited, right? Yeah. And um, and it was funny because back then they had got into Amway. And, it, and I joke with them, like, that was like the best thing for you guys. Because it wasn't about the business, it was about all the positive motivation books and things that they were exposed to to help them think bigger and just actually dream. Yeah. And um, so that's what happened. And then they ended up getting a house, their first house. And um, after all that for a long time. And it's like, well, we didn't think we could do it, you know. And then it makes reminds me that there are lots of people out there like my parents that just don't know. You I think know. that's the
1: majority of people for a lot of things, you know, it's not just real estate. They right? just
0: don't know or they don't even know that they're first time homebuyer all over again. <laughs> yeah. So like after you buy a house, if you haven't, if you sold your house or let's say, you know, when the market crashed in 08, 09, a lot of people lost their homes. After three years, you're a first time homebuyer all over again
1: like so once you I never heard once that. you
0: sell a house and you're not on title for a property after yeah. 3 years you're technically a first time home buyer all over again interesting so a lot of people don't know that and it's like oh they think that after you buy a house that's it you're already lost that privilege and right. it's like well if you haven't owned a property meaning you haven't been on title for a property in 3 years you're first time home buyer all over again yeah and so you qualify for minimum down payment you there's
1: oh interesting
0: assistance programs out there for down payment assistance some have restrictions about being first-time homebuyer others don't have restrictions at all um so that was also kind of my niche for the longest time when i got into it. it's like okay after i learned how to do everything and got experience on doing mortgages and helping people it's like okay what other things are out there to help them it's like oh there's this assist down payment assistance program Well so it's a lot of people thought it was too good to be true that no, there isn't really money out there. It's like, no, there really is, and mm-hmm. you can get this money and it'll help you with your down payment. then you're just covering the rest of the costs and you can get your home. So it really helped build like a whole little comprehensive package for people with getting their houses. and then that really kind of became my niche for the longest time. It's like, oh, Andrea, you know, she'll help you because she she knows all about down payment assistance. And then it just kind of grew. You know, and then I partnered up with different nonprofits in the area that were helping clients and doing home buying seminars. And it was really just this whole thing that grew that I never in a million years thought of or planned. Wow. It just and, happened.
1: And I mean, 1617 years, you've been through <laughs> a few things, right? Oh, yeah. like the ebbs and flows of, uh, the, of the market. The ebbs and flows of
0: this business went up and down. Like when I got in, it's if you breathe, you could get a mortgage, yeah. you know, and then it just everything crashed, which was really scary. And then, you know, things just came back. And, you know, with the ebb and flow in this, I feel like, you know, clients and business changes as things go up and down even now. But it's, um, I think it's just staying consistent, you know, and then focusing on helping people. I think that's just been, that's been my secret.
1: And and you go above and beyond, not just helping people when it comes to real estate and, and, and loans, and um, but also that you're putting on these like morsel so retreats, right? Where yes. um, yeah. it's, it's yoga, meditation, spiritual, yeah. like yeah. spirituality. Tell me about that. that and how so that, that, that got started?
0: So that's that's my passion.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yes, um, you know, I I was always very spiritual growing up. And my parents, not so much. It's not like we went to church all the time or anything. We went because I wanted to go. Wow. Um, So I had that in me for a long time and always was interested in other cultures, different religions. So I read a lot about all these different practices, Eastern and Western philosophies and different um, modalities for healing the body. And then... um, I guess it all started, you know, I got into Reiki and crystal healing and everything just kind of blossomed into something else. And just, you know, it kind of reminds me of the matrix where they're like, oh, you can take the red pill or the blue pill. It's like, I took that blue pill, I just went like down this rabbit hole and it opened up all these things. And I just feel like it just blew my mind open as to the possibilities and everything that exists and who we are um, and who I am. And so I feel like for me to be anything other than true to myself, whether I'm, you know, helping somebody get a mortgage or helping, you know, guide them on their just spiritual path, you know, I, I've even doing this business like I feel like I play psychologist for so many clients because they go through so much. You know, it's like whether the stress exists or doesn't, it exists for them because the whole thing it can be overwhelming. You know and even when you want something for so long like the dream of owning your home and then you finally get it it almost seems like surreal yeah so it's like your sometimes your brain has to catch up to what's happening um and so i feel like there's always been guidance along the way and just you know lots of extra positive energy vibes and everything sending mm-hmm. to people it's like please 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 just let this close on time and let everything fall into place it's a lot of manifesting <laughs> So I do use I do use my toolbox for for a little bit of everything, um, including this, and for some families. And when things don't work out, like for the oddest reasons, I'm like, you know what? The universe has a different plan for you guys. This is not the house.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, and it really has worked out that way. Like maybe like the worst thing, like a tree fell. I remember one client. This was some years back. There was a house, and they were just so set, like, no, we have to get this house. We have to get, but everything worked against them the whole process, wow. like, even with the home inspection, everything. And then it didn't work out. And then, like, a week later, there was a storm or what, and a tree like fell on the house. So I was like, see, you guys were not meant to be there. Wow. Like, maybe this was just, you know, higher power protecting you, your angels were protecting you from not being in this house, yeah. you know? So I just feel like everything happens for a reason. Um, I'm not 100% sure my reason for going onto this path, but I really like it. And the retreats are something, you know, it's like I can squeeze in maybe two, three times a year and get a group out and just meditate and do yoga um, and just have kind of this trans transformative experience, you know, Absolutely. just kind of growing. And because I feel like I'm constantly growing. Like I'm never, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied where where I'm at as a person like I always feel like we can attain more we can improve our qualities like I'm not the same person I am today than I was 10 years ago yeah and um and I hope not to be I hope to maybe still look the same (laughs) (laughs) but I hope not to be the same person in 10 years you know like I want to grow I want to be a better person like I feel that I've worked a lot on myself and um, I'm probably my biggest critic (laughs) But, you know, I feel like that's a constant for me is personal growth, professional growth, and just moving on to something to something bigger.
1: And and how does that translate to 2023? What does that look like for you uh, moving forward?
0: Ah, big things. Podcasts, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So um, we'll see. I feel like some things are still unfolding. Some opportunities have come up that are still unfolding, but I feel like 2023 is gonna be a good year. Somehow all the odd number of years turned out about to be really good for me too. So uh, well, I know, I I know this it, right? year will be good, yeah.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well, we're excited for you and excited to have you as part of this community. So on that, I wanna thank you for coming in and just sharing a part of your story and can't wait for more.
0: Thanks, Tony.